Here we are on the second side of the record. Let's read together again. The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. Rise and shine, Dillweeds. Oh, yeah. It's time for the five count. Here we are. Here ton is. It's once again the night of the count of five. There's five of them. <laughs> There's five of them. <laughs> ton used to say that for about seven years. I did say that a lot. There's five of them. Say it. Anyways, now there's only two of us, and, uh, you know, who knows how many not listening. Uh, probably many, many more than that. And by that, I mean everyone. Everyone not listening? Exactly. Wow. Sorry about that. Okay. Makes you wonder why you're still up here doing what you do. It really does sometimes. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, what else would I do? I feel like you're doing it for me. I mean... Because you know I'd be lost without the five count. It's very possible that you would be completely lost. What would I do? It's like my whole life. That is a good question. It's my whole personality. Yeah. Where would I go to brag about my vinyl collection? Wrapped up into the five count. Where would I go to play all those Man of War songs? I mean, I guess you'd have to hit the streets. Hit the streets? Yeah, why don't we we do like a build? You know, like get on YouTube and we'll do a a whole show where we build a vinyl playing boombox... And then you hit the streets with it, and you got like a whole backpack full of vinyl, and you're swapping out your records, and you're on the street, walking down the street with your vinyl playing boombox and uh, jamming, and then, you know what I mean? Then people see you, witness you in real time with your sweet vinyl collection, and then they realize how cool you are based on how huge your boombox is. Wow. That seems like a foolproof plan. I mean, it really does. I can't imagine anyone would... You know, say anything derogatory or pepper spray me or kick me in the nards. I mean, there's probably a couple people on this station that would maybe say derogatory things in your direction, but the general public would love you. Good times, great oldies. Yes. That's what Ton always says. I mean, how could you not like a giant vinyl playing boombox? I mean, it has to be a whole thing that you like wear. And has giant like house speakers attached up above your shoulders and somehow 
a turntable integrated. I feel like I'd be one of those dudes from the tough man competitions that you'd see like wearing an old refrigerator. Yes. Where they have to like waddle a hundred yards carrying a Volkswagen. That's exactly what you would look like, except you'd be downtown and you can waddle as many yards as you want. All right, I'm in. Can you Great. help me with the welding? Oh, yeah. I can handle the rest of it, but yes. just the welding is... I can do the welding. It's now no we're problem, talking. dude. I got it. I feel like we're welding together some great radio tonight. We really are. Together. We make it. Yes. We make great radio. <laughs> Big ideas, real world thinking. Yeah, man. Here it is. Ton, I got something special to announce to you. I don't know if you're aware... If you're checking your calendar, keeping track of things, if you know what's happening on the program tonight, I bet you don't. No idea. Tonight, we are going to celebrate a very special anniversary because it was September 26th, 1983, 40 years ago, that a television program debuted in the U.S. called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Wow. That's awesome. It's the 40th anniversary of He-Man. I had no idea. We will celebrate tonight. That's awesome. Now, this is one of those shows, we have quite a few of these, where a good portion of the audience is going to say, wow, this is amazing. Listen to this show and all the work that those guys put in, the love and the passion and the time dedicated, and I can't believe this. What a great show. A whole lot more people are going to say, the hell is this <laughs> this is on the radio yeah what's the phone number Let's, we need to get this taken care of this is ridiculous <laughs> and this by, is my tax dollars at work <laughs> and by taking care of they mean boot us off air immediately probably many many more of you of the latter and not the former i just want to say that to those of you who think what the heck is this just relax and try to enjoy yourselves okay don't be an evil Lynn out there. Wow, that's a deep cut. It's ridiculous. That's from a cartoon called He-Man. Yes. We're going to celebrate tonight. Uh, two hours worth of celebration. <laughs> that's awesome. Ton, I love He-Man. Uh, probably everyone out there of a certain age is at least aware of He-Man. Yeah, they have to be. But there was a lot of records released for He-Man. You know, like the ones with the picture books that you need to turn the page yeah so we'll maybe hear some of that later okay which you, i'm really excited about are you are you gonna play one of mine though also no that's only for the patreons oh you should play one on air you should have played it so you could hear the difference ah oh, i guess i could you should have talked to me about this should have cleared this plan with me ahead of time i guess uh i blew it again we well, didn't blow it, but I'm just saying. Sorry, Tom. You could have played it. You could have played one of them. I guess For I those still of could. you who don't know what we're talking about, I uh, in recent months um, uh, recorded kind of my own audiobooks, specifically of He-Man books for my daughter. If anyone out there has children, look into a thing called a Yodo player, and you can uh, they they come with a make your own card. It's basically like a little. Kind of like a Walkman device, but it's really focused on audiobooks, and they come in these little cards. And uh, I did that very thing. I created, um, like, 
the He-Man records before her Yodo player and uh, recorded them with uh, our equipment that we use here and put some production into it, put some background music and sound effects and all that stuff, and it was awesome. And I do have some of the uh, things in in large part to Dustin. I have some of the original books. Um, I mean, I have some from my own childhood, but I also have some that he gave me that came with the records as well. So I've, I've listened to the original records also. Pretty interesting. What I found really interesting is how much variance there is depending on where that record was made or, or what company is behind it. Like the kid stuff, He-Man records sound very different than the Mattel toy-based records. And in some of them, it's like they don't even, the voices don't coincide with what's on the cartoon at all. And they don't use any of that same music. I mean, I'm sure that some of those records are before the cartoon existed anyway. Well, the ones that I created use all the cartoon music. Well, if you really want, Ton, I do have one of them on hand. We can play it for everyone. I don't mind if you play one. And then it's like if you really love that one for whatever reason and want to hear more of them, of me doing them, then absolutely you can go to Patreon and the rest of them are on there. And there's going to eventually be more. Uh, my daughter absolutely loves it. And so now we've I've been reading her He-Man books every night for months. You're a good dad. She loves it. He-Man and She-Ra books. You're a great dad. It's You're the good. best dad. I don't know, but I, I mean, I'm trying to be a good dad. So I'll say thank you so much. Great radio dad. So do you want to hear Ton reading the masters of the universe? Immediately? Which one are you going to do, though? The Which? mask of evil? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you think people can handle that? I mean, I think so. And if any of you out there who paid big money to be part of our Patreon page feel a bit slighted that we're now playing this for all the free birds. Just know that it was Ton's idea and he will gladly give you a refund. I'll give you your dollar back. Just head to his house and bang on the door really loudly. <laughs> okay, Ton, are you going to read Mask of Evil? It's the 40th anniversary of He-Man. Sure, that sounds awesome. And we'll be back. After this. Masters of the Universe. When you hear this sound, turn the page. Mask of Evil by John Hughes, illustrated by Al McWilliams. There was great excitement at the Royal Palace of Eternia. The Lady Irina had come to visit, and she was an important guest. She had been childhood friends with Prince Adam and Tila. When Orko, the court jester, happened to pass the Lady's chamber, he saw a surprising thing. Irina was sharpening a dagger. That evening, there was a royal banquet in honor of Lady Irina's visit. Orko said nothing about the knife, but he was still puzzled by it when he was called to entertain the king and his guests at the banquet. Your Majesty, when I play on this enchanted flute, the rose bush will burst into bloom. 
The eerie tune which Orko played had no effect on the rosebush. When the shrill notes vibrated against the king's wine glass, however, the effect was explosive. You little wretch! screamed Irina. Look what you did! She seized her own goblet and hurled it at Orko. Get back to the stables where you belong! she cried. Orko dropped his flute and fled. Man-at-Arms picked up the magic flute and tucked it into his belt, where it could not do any more harm. This is most unlike Lady Irina. At the same time, in the corridors of the palace, Prince Adam hurried after the terrified little jester. Orko, wait! cried the prince. It was an accident. It wasn't your fault. Why did Irina act that way? Prince Adam wondered out loud. It's not like her. She's always been so gentle. Gentle? snapped Orko. Do gentle ladies throw things at innocent little jesters? There's something else, Adam. Before dinner, I saw her sharpen a dagger, said Orko. Do gentle ladies need daggers? Irina with a weapon, said Prince Adam. From the time we were children, she has hated violence and weapons. This requires investigation. With that, the prince hurried away to his room. Once in his chambers, Prince Adam seized the sword of power from its hiding place. He held it high and cried out, By the power of Greyskull! At the speaking of these words, the room blazed with light and roared with a thunderous sound. Prince Adam vanished, and in his place was the mighty He-Man. I will go to consult the sorceress of Castle Greyskull, said He-Man. Perhaps she will understand this strange affair. He-Man pointed his sword at Cringer. Magic flew from its gleaming blade. Instantly, his gentle pet tiger was transformed into the fierce Battle Cat. He-Man and Battle Cat raced through the night to Castle Greyskull. There, the sorceress, guardian of Greyskull, waited. She was always ready to help He-Man in his fight against evil. I have been expecting you, He-Man, for I sense there is trouble abroad in our land. He-Man told the sorceress of Irina's strange behavior. Perhaps evil is masked by a fair face, said the sorceress. We shall see. She waved her hand and a cloud appeared. He-Man gazed at the images in the cloud. He saw the banquet hall at the palace. There he saw Irina entertaining the guests, playing for them on her harp. As He-Man looked closely at the images in the magic cloud, he came to a startling realization. The king and his guests... They are all asleep. Irina has bewitched them with her harp. That is not the Lady Irina. The vision in the cloud suddenly changed and the banquet hall was gone. In its place, He-Man saw a swamp. In the swamp, he saw a crystal globe where a maiden struggled in vain to get free. That creature at the palace is an imposter, cried the sorceress. Here is the real Irina. A prisoner of Merman, gasped He-Man. I've got to stop him, but first I must return to the palace. He thanked the sorceress and was on his way. He-Man and Battle Cat sped to the palace. They burst into the banquet hall and confronted the creature disguised as Irina. Stand away from that harp, imposter! He-Man! He-Man's mighty sword of power flashed and the harp was destroyed forever. 
No, not my harp! The sword glowed with magical strength, numbing the creature's hand and forcing the dagger to drop to the ground. My hand, I can't feel it! What have you done? He-Man watched as the fair maiden shriveled and twisted and shrank away. Right before his eyes, she became a hideous beast, one of Skeletor's demons. Suddenly, Skeletor himself was there, and his loathsome henchmen were with him. You come too late, He-Man, said Skeletor. The king and his guards sleep. The kingdom is mine. What Skeletor did not realize was that the sleeping enchantment had ended when the harp was destroyed. The palace instantly came alive. You rejoice too soon, Skeletor, shouted He-Man, as the king and his guards seized weapons. Instantly the hall rang at the sound of battle, which quickly turned toward the favor of He-Man and his allies. Raging, Skeletor pointed his evil staff at He-Man. The sword of power slashed out and the staff was torn from Skeletor's grip, his eyes blazing with hate. Skeletor had to retreat, and as he gave ground, his minions fled as well. I will return, He-Man, and you will regret that day! Then, just as quickly as he had appeared, Skeletor vanished in a burst of magic. The battle for control of the palace was over. The imposter was exposed, and her enchantment broken. There was still one task remaining— With Tila and man-at-arms, He-Man raced to Slime Swamp. There was Irina's prison, just as He-Man had seen it in the sorceress's magic cloud. Merman was there, too, guarding the captive lady. He-Man! Ha! You are wasting your time! You'll never save the maiden! Merman fled, never being one to stand and fight, but he left the heroes with a difficult task. The crystal bubble that holds the maiden is stronger than your sword, He-Man. Soon the air in the globe will be gone and she will perish. Merman's claim was true. He-Man slashed at the globe, but it would not break. He wondered if his lifelong friend would truly perish. Suddenly, a last desperate idea came to He-Man. Oracle's flute, the one he played at dinner. Where is it? Here. But the shattered goblet, of course. Do you think there's a chance? Let us hope so, replied He-Man. It's our only chance. He pressed the flute to his lips and began to play. The sound seemed to float toward the globe and surround it. It's working. The globe is cracking. And so a long-awaited reunion finally took place. Childhood friends wept with joy at the safety of the Lady Irina. So, Orko's simple magic has won over Skeletor's evil. The next night, there was another feast at the palace, and again the Lady Irina was the guest of honor. This time, it was the real Irina who sat beside the king and listened to the tune Orko piped on his marvelous flute. This time, the rosebush did burst into bloom, and this time his majesty sipped his wine from a silver cup so he could be sure it would not shatter. Wonderful, said Prince Adam to Tila. She frowned. Yes, today's magic is wonderful. Yesterday's battle was not. Where were you during that, Adam? Why are you always off someplace whenever there's fighting to do? Perhaps I prefer magic to battles, said the prince. Tila let out a sigh of exasperation. 
turned back to the entertainment and tried to enjoy herself. Prince Adam just smiled. Sometimes movies and television adventure series like this one make it seem as though shooting a gun, fighting and taking chances are fun and exciting things to do. And what's more, the good guys never get hurt. But in real life, people do get hurt, even killed when they fight or use guns. Make-believe can be fun and there's nothing wrong with imagining great adventures. But never forget that when it's the real thing, someone can get hurt. Even the good guys. Even you. a day for surprises, and the biggest one of all was Skeletor and He-Man working together. By joining their powers, He-Man and Skeletor were able to stop Evil Seed. Working with others can sometimes be difficult, but if you listen to and respect the ideas of others, even when you don't agree with them, you'll find it's easier to get the job done. And who knows, you may even learn something.
and that tree looks good enough to eat, doesn't it? That's like a lot of things you might find around your house or in your neighborhood. But looks can fool you. Sometimes things that look or smell good can make you very sick. Remember, never taste or eat anything if you're not sure what it is. The best thing to do is to ask a grown-up who knows. Remember, it's better to be safe than sorry. Till next time! <laughs> This is Bettina Bush, and you're listening to The Five Count. And remember, when you're down, look up. You might just see a rainbow.
Today's story was about something more precious, more valuable than gold or silver. It's called friendship. Orko learned that friendship can't be bought. Giving somebody a present may get that person to act as if he or she is your friend, but don't be fooled. A real friend is someone who likes you for yourself, not your presence. So don't try to buy friendship. Just be yourself and treat others with honesty and respect. And then you'll know the friends you make will be real ones. In today's story, Elena tried taking a magic potion which she thought would help her. Well, she found out there aren't any magic potions. And you know what? There aren't any magic drugs either. Anytime you take one from anybody but your parents or your doctor, you're taking a very big chance. You're gambling with your health, maybe even your life. Drugs don't make your problems go away. They just create more. seen how Orko's magical tricks don't always go the way he planned. Sometimes they backfire on him. The same thing is true of practical jokes. Sometimes they don't go the way you planned and you or someone else can get hurt. So be sure and think twice before playing a joke or a trick on anybody. It might not go the way you planned and someone could wind up losing a finger or an arm or maybe even an eye. And no joke is worth that, is it? See you again soon. 
Hello everybody, this is Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life and you're listening to my favourite show, Dustin and Tan on the Five Count. Oh no. came to the palace. She turned out to be evil and dangerous. Of course, turning people into animals is only make-believe, but there is nothing make-believe about how dangerous some strangers can be in real life. Never accept any food or toys or money from a stranger. Don't even talk to them, and no matter what a stranger may say, never go away with them. Terrible things have happened to some kids who did. The smart thing is to just walk away, or in my case, just float away. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you for just a moment about safety. 
When we go to the beach, there are lifeguards there to watch out for our safety. Crossing guards are in the street for the same reason, to help protect us. Now things like that are fine, but we can't count on someone always being around to protect us. We should practice thinking of safety all the time. So don't take a chance. And that's true whether you're crossing a street or driving a car. Think safety. and I want to talk to you about something that's very personal, your body. Remember, it's your body and no one should touch you in a way that you feel is wrong. I'll get anybody who tries it. It's not that easy, Orko. It's hard for a young person to admit that he or she has been touched in a bad way. If you've been touched that way, don't be ashamed. Tell someone you trust, like your parents, your doctor, your teacher, or counselor, or your minister or rabbi. Right, Orko? Right on! Somewhere out there someone needs me 
I don't know how or where, but believe me, I'll walk the universe to find her. For better or for worse, beside her. For the honor of love, by the power of love, I have the power. I have the power. A stranger walked into my Hey, welcome back. Oh, yeah. Ton has the power. That was awesome. It's the five count. We're Man. celebrating 40 years of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It's really pretty awesome. That cartoon was, uh, well, Ton, you were about 26 when it debuted, but <laughs> for the rest of us, it was a big part of our childhoods. Yeah, it, it was a pretty big part of my childhood, too. It's pretty awesome. Um I don't know. There's just something really great about He-Man. I don't even... It's hard to even explain. Well, what we just heard was an album that was released in a few different countries. I think it was in Mexico and France, maybe, that had all the old music from the television show. Okay. So we heard that. We heard Ton reading The Mask of Evil. We heard some other things. A lot of PSAs from He-Man and his friends. That was always my favorite part of the show. Yeah. At the end when He-Man would tell you why you were an idiot and <laughs> what you could do to improve your life and not suck so much. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't really take those seriously at the sure. time because, you know, look at me now. But yeah. had I, who knows where I could have been. Who knows? That's the, only, that's the only strange part about He-Man looking at it now <clears throat> and uh, reading it all to my to my daughter. Um. How like, I, I mean, all the like all of the women in the book have like shapely hourglass figures, and every single male is ripped to shreds. It's all like, and all of them are basically the same body type, which is super ripped to shreds. It was pretty funny one morning, <laughs> Sophie. I was laying in bed with her. And she woke up and immediately was talking about He-Man. And then she's like, grabbed my chest and somehow like I moved my arm or something and flexed my pec. And she was like, oh, dad, see, I knew you were He-Man. <laughs> I was like, what? What? It's like, well, thank you so much, honey pie. 
I already knew. It was pretty awesome. Pretty hilarious. So then, and she wants to play He-Man a lot too. Dad, you're He-Man. We're going to fight bad guys. I'm Tila. Like, all right. What does that make me? No idea. Can I be Fisto? Yeah, of course you can. Now we're talking. She was just being Fisto the other night. She brought out some glove and she had some stuff on it. And she's like, look, dad, my fist of power. I'm Fisto. <laughs> who, who was your favorite character? If you had to pick one. Mine? I don't know. You I can mean, say She-Ra. No. Characters. You I can say Bo if you want. Definitely not. Oh. I didn't really uh, watch She-Ra much. So I'm actually learning about She-Ra as I'm reading it to Sophia. Um, I don't really know a lot about She-Ra at all. And I, I have to be honest, I think I was just into He-Man mostly. And I thought Skeletor was cool, but it was like, obviously, he was the bad guy, so whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I also really like Man-at-Arms, because I think it's cool that he's basically considered just the same as all these other dudes who have almost kind of like a power of some sort you know but man at arms is just a normal dude who's like invents stuff i think that's kind of cool and his name is duncan yeah man can't go wrong there it's pretty good so your favorite he-man character is man at arms maybe i don't know i never would have guessed that yeah i don't know i don't know i mean fisto's cool i mean stridor is pretty cool you know, his horse, that's pretty cool. You're picking the absolute dumbest characters. Well, I mean, what are you going to say? You like Ram Man? I think he's That's better than cool. the Fisto and his mechanical horse. You think so? I thought the I mechanical so. horse was awesome. I don't think Ram Man's that cool. You take a poll, and I guarantee you that no one is going to have Fisto in their top anything. Really? Let alone his horse. So, I mean, who do you think it is then? That's your favorite? Buzz off? No, who's no. your favorite? Buzz off? Come on. My favorite was always Beast Man. Oh, yeah, dude. Beast Man's pretty cool. I liked Hordak, too. But he's from Shira. No, he made some appearance in He Man, but very little. Mm, he was in the Christmas special. Yeah. Wasn't he in like one or two episodes, though? I don't believe so. I think I just liked the Hordak figure. And I had that slime pit thing, so I thought that was really cool. Um, All the Hordak Shira bad guys were sweet. Like Grizzlor, the fuzzy dude. Yeah, Grizzlor was cool. And Leech, the suction cup guy. Yep, 100%. So he's in a lot of the He-Man comics in that big book that you gave me. He's in a... T- uh, Hordak and all those guys are in those a lot. <clears throat> and that's pretty cool. Um, but here's the funny part. So you're saying Hordak showed up in Shira cartoons more? I think exclusively in she-ra cartoons wow so in the in that giant book that you gave me um he's like not in the she-ra cart or in the she-ra comics or whatever like at all to the point where sophia and i actually were talking about it we thought it was really lame that in that mostly she's fighting this catra girl and i was like but it says that she was in Etheria or whatever and why is she only fighting catra why isn't she fighting hordak like, this is weird. We specifically said, like, I thought that was dumb. So that's very odd. And he, But he's in a ton of the He-Man books. And he's even in it, like, there's a lot of feuds between Skeletor and Hordak. And then 
He-Man has to side with Skeletor, even though he doesn't normally. And sometimes He-Man even saves Skeletor in those comics. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Who knew? So much has happened in the last 40 years. It's kind of crazy. Also, um, how about... Uh, what is it? The um, King Hiss. Did you like that guy? Was he the one who had his shell body broke apart and then he was made of snakes on the yeah. inside? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I had yes. that guy. King Hiss. Sophia loves King Hiss for some reason. I've had to reread the King Hiss episodes or comics like a billion times. She thinks it's super hilarious that at one point King Hiss like sends some henchmen out to do battle and one of them like He-Man starts fighting him and whips some lizard guy into a swamp and the guy lands in the swamp and somehow inadvertently lands on King Hiss and she thinks it's so hilarious that he was sleeping in a swamp because then King Hiss wakes up from the guy landing on him and he's he's all pissed off. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Classic. You think about it. Ton, speaking of pretty awesome things, did you know that this is the five count? And we have our own hotline. Yeah, we do. 507-519-2030. That's the five count hotline. You can text that number. You can call in and uh, leave us a little voice message. We'll play it right on air. Somebody left you a message while you were reading He-Man. Awesome. I didn't want to answer because you were busy, but they left a message for you. Hey, Dusty, Tan, this is Sue from Lakeville. We didn't get to hear the show Saturday because we were at Crypticon, and yes, it was awesome. Our second year, I went and I saw Clint Howard. He was great. Even got to show him my sketchbook that I did a quick sketch of him in before he came to the panel. And your sketch, too, even saw you guys. <laughs> um, I got a photo with him. He was nice enough to sign both the photo and the sketch. I saw, we saw some other celebrities that we didn't know, um, but all the horror stuff and the costumes were cool and lots of friends hanging out. Um, yeah, the only thing that would have made it better is if we had seen you, Dusty. I kept looking. I found Waldo a few times, but maybe if you'd have worn a five count t-shirt. <laughs> anyway, maybe next year, time you could go to if you're not fixing steps or something else kind of lame like that. No, I'm just kidding. Keep up the good work, you guys. Love the show. We'll see you later. Oh, <laughs> Sue from Lakeville. Yes. That's awesome. Thanks, Sue. What a wonderful story. That is a really good story. It sounds like we need to have our own booth up at Comic-Con. <laughs> what do you think, Dust? I'll tell you, Ton, I was at Crypticon as well. Yeah. And I was wandering around, looking at things leisurely, and thinking to myself, I need to find Clint Howard. And then I looked on the Facebook page to see if they had directions to where these people were, and they just posted something saying, hey, Clint Howard had to catch an early flight, so he left oh. six minutes ago. So I didn't even see him. Bomber. I missed him. Last year, I went up there to meet Richard Masser, Five Count alumnus. Same thing happened. What the? I keep going there and missing my all-time favorite hunk crushes by like 10 minutes. Oh, man. But at least Sue from Lakeville was able to meet Clint Howard. Yeah, 
Well, and she wanted to meet you, which makes you also a, a hunk crush, I think. So you should feel good about that. I feel pretty good. I did meet uh, Zach Galligan, Billy Peltzer from Gremlins. That was pretty cool. So there is that. Well, good for you, man. And I didn't know anyone else there. Except for Five Count alumnus D. Wallace was there from E.T. That's awesome. And the uh, little wiener kid from uh, Who's the Boss. He was there, too. I suppose we are reaching a uh, like some kind of turnover period where pretty soon when we go to Crypticon or something, it's going to be a whole different era of horror people, potentially, and the ones that we are aware of will be gone, maybe? I don't know. I think that's a thing that will happen. I'd say 80% of the people there were from some clown movie that just came out in the last five years that I'd never heard of before. Okay. Or like... I played Michael Myers in Halloween Part 11. Okay. I'm just not that hardcore of a fan to really yeah. care about that. But yeah. what do you do? Interesting. At least Sue was able to meet Clint Howard. That's great. So, Sue, if you're listening tonight, um, you should call back in and let us know your favorite Clint, Clint Howard movie. I'd really be interested. Sue, you should join us on Patreon. You can hear this on a Thursday. Then you wouldn't have to worry about missing fun weekend things. Just saying. It's a good plan. Son, you know what else is a good plan? Celebrating the 40th anniversary of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It's been really great so far. The cartoon debuted in the U.S. on uh, September 26th, 1983. It's a really good cartoon. It's all the way back from the late 1900s. That's weird when you say it that way. But it still holds a special place in Ton's heart. It does. I really like it. I'll watch some He-Man every once in a while just for fun. Can't think of anything more fun. Yeah, my that's the, that's the thing. My daughter hasn't crossed over yet to the cartoon. Um, when I've watched it with her yeah she got scared she says yeah she says it's a little bit too scary still which is okay i don't force her to watch stuff that scares her she even gets a little scared with some of the my the audiobooks that i've read um but yeah it's okay she's cool with the books when i read it to her in person and she's you know it's her new bedtime stories so she likes it I've got a story for you, Ton. It's actually a, something that someone sent to the Five Cow Mailbag. Okay. Uh, here it is. No question this week, since Ton would butcher it anyways. Oh, that's a little stiff. Yeah, what? But I would like to send a shouts out to my wonderful new pals through the program, Nikki and Jason Samartino Slush Puppy Horseman. <laughs> Always a pleasure to meet adoring fans in the wild or Iowa. Signed, Billy Floyd Shouts, Master of the Universe. Is he one of them? Nice. Congratulations, Floyd Shouts. It's always nice that we're able to bridge those friendship gaps out there. Yeah, that's nice. I'm glad. I'm glad he had that experience. Nicky seems like a nice person, so. Yeah, you know. Shouts is meeting Nikki San Martino and Sue in Lakeville is meeting Clint Howard. And here I am. What more can you ask for? 
me to meet somebody special? <laughs> well, I think you are one of the somebody specials, Dust. But sometimes special people like to feel special, too. Yeah, you're right. Can't always just be special for everyone else. Mm. Sometimes I need a little me time. Well, maybe you and I can like hold hands and go to the mall or something. That's a start. Yeah, that'd be, seems pretty special. Can we go to Hot Topic? Sure. When, sure. When's the last time you were at Hot Topic? No idea. Night 2001. Do you know what Hot Topic is? I mean, yeah, I think the store, right? You're talking about the store? Yeah, in the mall. Yeah. Does it still exist, though? Pretty sure. I think you can buy, like, uh, piercings and My Chemical Romance t-shirts. Okay. And, like, novelty rubber dongs, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I never have anyone to go with. Weird. Well, let's go. Sounds like fun to me. You want to go there? Well, let's finish the show. Okay. Ton, I got something special for you. It's a, a record, a He-Man record. We're going to go on an adventure. It's been an adventure already up to this part, but it's just getting started. Or, or I mean, it's half over. I mean, there's another half of the adventure. <laughs> I can't wait. Do you follow what I'm saying here? I think so. We'll be back.
far in the deepest reaches of space, hidden from view by the swirling gases of a trillion solar systems, lies a world beyond all imagining. Here, spinning in the endless blackness of space, exists the planet Eternia. Eternia. Even in the name, you can hear the magic. The roar of the winds that whip their way through the rocky mountaintops. The crashing of the waves that cast themselves upon the sandy shores of time on this mysterious world, tucked away in a forgotten corner of the universe. Eternia, the equatorial vine jungle, whose steamy swamps swarm with gigantic serpents and twisted man-eating plants whose roots dangle dangerously, waiting to trap and devour any foolhardy intruder. Eternia, where the evergreen forest towers as immense trees reach upward toward the fleecy blue sky overhead. The thick, ferny underbrush teems with countless strange creatures who have evolved into life forms much different from those on Earth. Great winged lizards dangle by their scaly claws from the topmost branches of the pines, while deep within the mossy caves that line the cliffs, awesome dragons watch the world through beady green eyes and spew their sulfurous breath out into the morning chill. Eternia, the sprawling sands of time, a desert whose shifting dunes hide ruins of long past ages when great stone temples lined the streets of imperial cities, all gone now, swallowed up and swept away by the constant changing sands. All that remain are a few crumbling monuments to tell the tale of a forgotten civilization that labored and perished in the unforgiving desert. Eternia, a world of unimaginable beauty and unspeakable danger. For it is here, on this isolated planet, that one of the greatest battles between good and evil in the universe is being played out. The monstrous Skeletor, a villain of unending cunning and wickedness, has escaped. After years of isolation on his own planet, Infinity, and with a legion of demons at his side, threatens the safety and tranquility of Eternia. But Eternia has a protector, a hero foretold in legend and myth since the dawn of Eternian time. Centuries ago, Eternia's wise rulers, the Council of Elders, sensed that sometime in the future, danger would descend on their planet. In one moment of incredible concentration, they compressed all their accumulated knowledge and wisdom about the universe into one omnipotent glowing orb of power. They transformed the center of their government, the lustrous Hall of Wisdom, into a fearsome, rocky castle with the stone face of a skull at its front. They placed the Orb of Light and Wisdom deep in the musty dungeons of the castle, where it would be safe from the forces of evil. Over the thousands of years that followed, the thick evergreen forest swallowed up the frightful edifice, and it disappeared into memory and folk legend. But to this very day, its name brings a chill of fear and awe. It is the mighty Castle Grey Skull. And now, 
the evil warrior that the wise council of elders feared has arrived. Skeletor stalks the planet, searching for a way to seize control. But at every turn, his wickedness is checked by the heroic protector spoken of in the old tales. A giant of a man, with long golden hair and rippling muscles that gleam in the brilliant Eternian sunlight. This is He-Man. In order to protect his true identity and thus make it harder for Skeletor to destroy him, He-Man lives a double life as Prince Adam playful son of King Randor and Queen Marlena. Even now, as we speak, Prince Adam is playing with his pet tiger, Cringer, in the beautiful gardens that surround his father's castle. He and his feline friend romp in the tall grass, happy and carefree, unaware that, as He-Man, he is about to face the most difficult and dangerous challenge of his life. A life and death struggle with Skeletor, the outcome of which will determine the fate of the planet and perhaps the entire universe. Hi, this is Melinda Britt, the voice of She-Ra, Princess of Power. For the honor of Greyskull, you're listening to The Five Count. Thanks very much. Bye. <laughs> Careful, my furry friend. Your claws are sharp. Sometimes you do not realize your own strength. Here, I will toss this stick out onto the lawn, and you will find it and return it to me. Do you understand? Cringer growled with pleasure. He loved the long afternoons he and his master spent in games and fun. Adam hurled the wooden stick high into the air. It soared over the flower beds and landed far away in a bushy area at the very edge of the castle grounds. Sometimes Prince Adam didn't realize his own strength either. Cringer charged away after the stick. Good cat! Find it and bring it to me! Suddenly, a huge black shadow swept across the green lawn. The warm afternoon air was stirred to a chill by the flapping overhead of two gigantic wings. Prince Adam gazed up into the cloudless sky and saw an amazing sight. It was Zor, the falcon, the great winged bird whose wingspan was more than 20 yards across, glided low, skimming the tops of the tall trees that surround the castle walls. And most amazing of all, on the falcon's wide feathered back rode man-at-arms, Prince Adam's teacher and companion. In a sweeping arc, the giant bird and its rider soared over the lawn and landed in a flurry just a few yards from the young prince. Man-at-arms slid down along one of the gigantic wings as Prince Adam rushed to his side. Greetings, my friend, and greetings to Zor, the falcon, too. I see concern on your brow, my teacher. The enormous bird settled its mammoth wings by its side in a gust of wind as man-at-arms put his hand on Prince Adam's mighty shoulder and the two of them walked through the garden talking. I am afraid, sire, that I am not the bearer of good news. This I sensed, my friend. Please tell me what is wrong. There is trouble in the Northlands, my lord. 
the wicked Skeletor has found his way dangerously close to Castle Grayskull. That bony fiend! His wickedness knows no bounds! It is worse than you think, my prince. Skeletor has learned of the wisdom of the elders, which is hidden deep inside Castle Grayskull. He has vowed by all that is unholy to break into the castle and gain control over the elders' wisdom. This must not be done! With this power, Skeletor could easily rule all Eternia. His cruel leadership would plunge our world back thousands of years into the Dark Ages once more. All across the planet, the light of hope and joy would be snuffed out by this fiend. He must, he will be stopped if it takes my last breath to do it. I knew, my lord, that you would not let your people down. The fate of the planet rests on the outcome of this battle. In an instant, Prince Adam reached down and grasped the sword which always hung by his side. He seized it in his strong hand and lifted it high overhead. It gleamed in the afternoon sun. This was the Sword of Power, given to him by the sorceress, protector of Castle Greyskull. With this mighty weapon, Prince Adam could transform himself and his pet tiger, Cringer, into He-Man and Battle Cat, his armored mount. I am ready to do my duty to defend this planet. Skeletor will perish! Then, in a booming voice that echoed off the castle walls and out into the forest, Prince Adam shouted the magic words that would cause his amazing transformation. By the power of Castle Grayskull! By the power of Castle Grayskull! The earth shook underfoot, and black clouds swept across the Eternian sky, darkening the sun. Overhead, the heavens opened up, and down through the inky clouds flashed a brilliant bolt of white light. In a split second, it crashed onto the very tip of the sword of power like a bolt of lightning. A shower of blue sparks flew upward toward the heavens. Even the gods watched on in amazement as in a blinding moment, the molecules of Prince Adam's body danced and swirled in a kaleidoscopic pattern of energy and change. Moments later, as the blue smoke cleared, Prince Adam was gone. In his place, muscles poised for action, stood He-Man. By his side stood Battlecat. The power of Castle Greyskull had transformed Cringer into a fierce animal, a huge cat with green and yellow stripes and gigantic sharp claws and fangs. He-Man leaped up onto the enormous cat's broad muscular back, and with a shout, the two brave fighters charged off into the forest toward Castle Greyskull. Meanwhile, on a rocky bluff overlooking Castle Greyskull, Skeletor and his wicked followers, Evelyn, Beastman, and Triclops, gazed down at the view below. It was dusk, and the setting Eternian sun cast strange, twisted shadows as its last remaining rays filtered down through the ancient pines. Far below Skeletor and his friends rested Castle Grayskull. In the dim half-light of sunset, the castle glowed 
with an eerie green light that seemed to radiate from within the moss-covered stone walls. The eye-like windows of the skull-faced castle stared out menacingly, as if to warn any would-be intruders to stay far away. A shroud of swirling fog was settling over the castle now. It wrapped its misty fingers around the castle towers and spiraled towards the damp earth. The castle's entrance, the huge tooth-lined mouth of the skull, was sealed shut. Like the mouth of a long-dead man, it knew many secrets but would speak none of them. Small leathery bats flapped their way out of the cracks in the castle walls and darted madly across the blackening sky. It was a sight that would fill most people with fear and disgust, but it had just the opposite effect on Skeletor. The castle's bony exterior mirrored his own skull face, and he gazed on in admiration. Isn't it beautiful? What a lovely sight. And to think, soon Castle Grey Skull will be mine, all mine. Once I am inside the castle, I will find the secret of Castle Grey Skull, and the wisdom of the elders of this miserable planet will belong to me. <laughs> of course, there is the small matter the unavoidable fight between He-Man and me. But that is of little consequence. His puny power will prove to be no match for the power of evil I possess. By the time the sun sets another day, I, Skeletor, will be the supreme ruler of all Eternia, and Castle Greyskull will be mine. Mine! Mine! Being the most powerful man in the universe isn't all that makes He-Man such a great hero. Being strong is fine, but there's something even better. In today's story, He-Man used something even more powerful than his muscles to beat Skeletor. You know what it was? If you said his brain, you were right. And just like a muscle, your brain is something you can develop to give yourself great power. Hi, welcome back to the five count. Oh, yeah. It's Son, really good. You're truly the master of great radio. Am I for real? I don't know who else would be. I wish that was true. I mean, who else would even be in the running? That's a good question. Herb Croon? I mean, you would be. Punk Rock Tom? I don't know. Mo? Mo could be. Could be. I don't well, know. Well, there were several masters of the universe. It was plural. There was. So I was thinking about your question from the previous break there. And I, About Hot Topic? How do you feel about Roboto? Roboto? Yeah. Was Roboto not... Do you not remember Roboto? assuming he was a robot yeah there was a whole man at arms created him built him oh yeah his name was roboto i think so in the comic it was roboto he was kind of clear and had the gears in his chest yeah dude and a heart his man at arms put a heart in his chest oh yeah so that he would like you know help protect 
Eternia. Now I remember. But then Skeletor stole his heart, and then instantly he would do Skeletor's bidding. And then it was really tough. The only person that could even possibly hold back Roboto's arms so that Man-at-Arms or somebody could get his heart back in was He-Man, of course. Of course. I was confusing him for a moment with Faker, the blue blue robot He-Man. Yeah, he is a robot also, yeah. Yeah, a lot of robots. I think Faker's pretty sweet. Well, here's a question. Who is your favorite action figure? Is it the same as the character? Or is it different? Different. Was it Moss Man? <laughs> no. Because he smelled like pine trees? I thought it was cool that he smelled, but everyone that I knew that had Moss Man, like, at all... Isn't he the one that had... It was like... Uh, he was flocked. Yeah, he was so flocking like on him. and it, Fuzzy chest. But it always came off. Everybody that I knew, they're flocking. Well, you were probably rubbing his chest too much. Off, smelling him. I, this is going to sound really dumb, but I thought Manny Faces was cool. The action figure, just because you could turn his head. He had a lot of faces. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I remember Leech, like everyone having it, but I never did. And I think it's so hilarious when you see it in the comics and stuff and how different Leech looks than the action figure. But the action figure had to be a certain way so that he would suction onto something. Yeah, I played with him in the bathtub. Yeah. Stuck right to the side. But he was pretty cool. That was awesome. You know what else was a good bath time He-Man toy? What? Snout Spout. Really? I didn't know anyone that had Snout Spout at all. And the... uh, But he squirted, right? Yeah, he had a long, like, elephant nose. Yeah. What was the... uh, Some of the snake guys sprayed water. Yeah, there was a snake guy that Like Cobra Khan? Yes. Like he could push his head down? And... Yep. Awesome. But, ironically, Merman had no water features. None. None at all. And Merman, I feel like, had a short-lived life, at least in the comic realm. It was like Beastman and Merman for a little while, and then it was like Merman just got left in the dust. But Beastman was always there. Or the water. Yeah, in the water, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of cool stuff. I have to also tell you, honestly, even when I was a kid, I thought the Battle Cat toy was so awesome. And Panthor. Like, I just thought they were. it was so cool that they had the cats and they were huge and the action figures actually fit on them. I don't know why. I thought they were just so awesome as a kid. Um, I didn't have a lot of vehicles, though. I didn't have any. I had that one. I cannot remember the name of it. The road, roadblock, road digger, whatever. The green long one that a lot of people had that had the rip cord. So it would, uh, when you pull that cord, the wheel would spin and it would go sailing across the floor. I had the giant spider. Did you really? Remember that? Yes. That it was battery operated. That's, like, worth a lot now. Oh, well, I don't have it anymore. The giant spider thing is kind of crazy. Are you talking about the dragon walker? No, not dragon walker. No, it's called, like, not. road something. Bashosaurus? I had that. Bashosaurus is cool, but I never had it. Oh. Every time I see Land Shark, I feel like it doesn't belong in, in He-Man, but then realize that it does. You had the Road Ripper? Road Ripper, there you go. That's what I had. 
But I mean, all I really got was um, garage sale and Salvation Army toys. So, you know, I didn't have a lot of choice. I have a Roton now where I bought a Roton for Sophia. Um, and she has the Road Ripper. And we this have is good radio. Both cats. We got Cringer, you know, and Cringer slash Battle Cat and Panthor. Um, but I don't know what happened. I swear my wife got rid of Rotan or something. Like I bought Rotan and we had it, and then Rotan disappeared. If I had a Rotan and then I had a wife who got rid of a Rotan, I'd get rid of the wife who got rid of the Rotan. Wow. I'm just saying. There you go, yeah. But that's just me. How do you feel about Battle Bones? I had that too. Did you really? It was a carrying case. Yeah. So did you... Love it? Yeah. It was pretty cool. And did you play with Battle Bones as a good character or a bad character? Uh, I think I predominantly used him as a display item. Okay. For the, the carrying case aspect. Really? Okay. Are you familiar with the story where they... The, the comic that came with Battle Bones. No. Because I've read it probably four times now. You are more versed in the comic side. I know more of the toys. Okay. Remember, so, remember uh, Stinkor? Yeah, totally. They dumped patchouli in the mold when they <laughs> made him, so he actually stunk when you opened it. <laughs> that was, it was like actually patchouli? Yeah. It couldn't be for real. It's a real thing. That's awesome. Man, that's really cool. Man, man at arms. Yeah, man at arms is not a cool toy. Not really. Not really. Do you think yeah. you felt that way like even 10 years ago? Uh, I mean, probably, yeah. When you were less mature? I probably felt the same way, yeah. Ton, I got a big... Uh, show I need to discuss with you here. It happens to be 10 years old. Back when He-Man was only 30 years old. Wow. You know why I'm talking about all this calendar stuff? No idea. Because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. Lovely. Love this idea. September 21st, 2013. That was 10 years ago. Ton, this was a big show. Big, huge show. Really? And I'm sure you remember it well. This was a huge get that I'm sure nobody appreciated at the station because they all stink. <laughs> but 10 years ago, it was me and you and our special guest, Billy D. Williams. Oh, yeah. We had friggin' Lando Calrissian on the show. Yeah, we did. 10 years ago already. Awesome. Can you believe that? It does seem a little crazy that it was 10 years ago already. You drank a lot of Colt 45, so you probably don't remember it. <laughs> but I'm talking like Billy D. Williams was on the show. You know, the guy from Nighthawks? Yes. With Stallone? Yes. I mean, I love it. He was in Batman. He was. He was Two Face until they replaced him with a different guy who was a different Two Face yeah. somehow. Yeah. A white guy. Not sure how they explain that in the films, but... Yeah, weird. Yeah, it was, that was an awesome show. I remember feeling like that was a big deal. Star Wars is kind of like He-Man, but in space. Yeah, kind of. Wait, He-Man's in space. It kind of is, yeah. It's basically the same thing. Basically. 
it's amazing the timing sometimes that we uh, come up with here. Yeah. That was 10 years ago, Tom. We played Star Wars score pieces and stuff from the Batman soundtrack. Oh, and it was the best night of my life. Man, probably the best night of my life at the same time. Yeah. Well, and then it's been all downhill for the last decade. <laughs> Here we are. Until tonight, that is. Discussing He-Man. I was just uh, researching a bit. And um, so how? what is your feelings on the Eternia playset? Did you know anyone that had the Eternia playset? I met a guy once who was friends with my cousin and i was staying at his house here in mankato and went yeah. to his house it was an older guy this was back in the early 90s when it made sense for kids who would ride their bike all around town all day long with no parental supervision to just go hang out at some dude's house who was like in his 20s yeah and nobody thought that that was odd yeah not at all but we did that once and this guy had it all set up on the floor and it took up like an entire bedroom wow dude and i gotta be honest i thought it looked stupid really like i wouldn't have wanted that wow it's like all these like monorail tracks and yeah it just looked like it would have taken up your entire playroom (laughs) and it just looked kind of bogus i'd rather have two snake mountains side by side yeah yeah but if you loved it i didn't mean to it was much more manageable, like a snake mountain in a gray skull or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I've never seen one in person. I just occasionally look on the internet, and like on eBay right now, there's one going for uh, four thousand dollars with me missing pieces. Um, there's some other ones thirteen hundred, fifteen hundred bucks. Who knows what kind of shape they're in? Um. That's ridiculous. One of the towers, one of the three towers from the Eternia set is $425. Um, It is completely ridiculous. Oh, here's another one. A single tower, 600 bucks. Does that look fun? The center lion tower. No. I mean, it just looks... This isn't even in perfect shape, and there's been a hole drilled through it. $600. I don't know why, but this Eternia playset has just turned into, like, insane money. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I think it'd be cool to see one in person, you know? But it that's about it. Like, it'd be neat to see one, like, set up and how it works and whatever. But I, there's no way I'd ever buy one. I recall looking into the Eternia playset when I first discovered that it was even a thing probably probably 10 or 15 years ago and i remember looking on ebay at that time and there was like a collector's grade eternia playset still in box in the like with the plastic wrapped around it and then it was in its own like collector's acrylic box you know with like serial numbered and a whatever you know like a, a tag on it saying like this is legit unopened original eternia playset whatever and it was going for twenty grand at the time on eBay, twenty thousand dollars, and I was just like, "Sold? How does this even oh. happen? I don't know." But I agree with you. Even now, I would rather have a Snake Mountain or a Grayskull. And since we uh, we were both at that uh, antique toy show thing recently, 
I almost, I still think if I want to get one of those items for my, for my daughter or son, I think I'm going to get the re-release Castle Grayskull. Because they, like, original Grayskulls are minimum, like, 180 or something. Like, almost 200 bucks. Yikes. And a lot of times missing pieces. And then there was the the newer release one, you know, that was released within the last 10 years or whatever. And uh, that was like $45. And it doesn't look that much different. It's still a huge plastic thing that looks like Grayskull. Ah, your kids won't know the difference. Yeah, they won't at all. And they would still play with it and have fun. So, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy how much money that stuff brings. Well, Ton, it's crazy how much money we should be making doing this program and how little respect we garner instead. Respect or money, yeah. Very small amount. But at least we have each other. That's right. And we got to finish our story here. We're only halfway through. Okay. What's going to happen? No idea. Skeletor and He-Man are about to throw down. Oh, yeah. Let's get back to it, shall we? Yes. 40-year anniversary of He-Man. And it's the 58th birthday of Ton together. It is dawn on Eternia. As the morning sun creeps up above the craggy mystic mountains, it spills its warm, life-giving light onto the dark and foggy valleys below. Small, furry creatures stir in their holes. High in the pine trees, great birds stretch their stiff, feathered wings, while other birds, night predators, return home to their lairs in caves and hollow trees. Even the myriad strange plants that line the forest floor respond to the sun in a ballet of movement too slow to be seen by any eye. They unfurl tender new leaves and twist their faces toward the warmth of the rising sun. But this morning, the peace and tranquility of the forest is shattered by a strange intruder. It is He-Man and Battle Cat. All through the long night, they have raced on toward Castle Grayskull, determined to reach the castle before Skeletor can begin his attempt to enter the fortress. Battle Cat is fast as the wind, but can they reach the castle in time? Nearby, at Skeletor's campsite, everyone is still sleeping. Everyone, that is, except Panthor. Skeletor's mammoth black cat. Perhaps it is a scent carried on the morning wind or the sound of the rustling bushes that has awakened the cat's senses. The gigantic animal is anxious and paws at the ground nervously. He smells danger. Soon, Skeletor opens his wicked eyes with a start and looks around. (sighs) What is wrong, my good friend, Panthor? Do you smell or hear something that we cannot sense yet? Up, up, you lazy creatures. I have a feeling He-Man is drawing near. We must not let him catch us unprepared. Soon, Triclops, Beast-Man, and Evelyn were awake and preparing themselves for battle. As they donned their armor, Skeletor gazed down on Castle Grayskull. Even the gleaming light of the morning sun could not erase the dark and foreboding shadows that clung to the castle walls. 
in the bright sunlight, Skeletor could appreciate the immense size of Castle Greyskull. Its towers reached skyward, and the mammoth stones around its base dwarfed even the huge trees of the forest. From deep within the castle walls, Skeletor thought he could hear a sound. Softly at first, but growing slowly louder. It was a voice. No, not one voice, but rather a chorus of voices speaking as one. The voices sounded anxious, as if they sensed that something dark and horrible was waiting outside the castle walls. The sound grew louder until it reverberated through the valley and rang with a fury in Skeletor's ears. I know that sound, whispered Skeletor in a low and raspy voice. It is the voice of the Council of Elders, keepers of the wisdom and power. Of course they are nervous. They know I am nearby and that soon all that they possess will belong to me. So sing, you fools. Sing! This is the day I have dreamed of all my life. By sunset, I will be the master of Castle Greyskull. Skeletor and his friends made their way down the side of the rocky cliff toward the castle. The approach to the castle was hard. The path was old and clogged with thorny vines and bushes. Skeletor slashed at the underbrush with his sword and hacked his way onward. Soon, they reached the entrance to Castle Greyskull. They all gathered around the raised drawbridge, which was caked and crusty with age, and gazed up toward the parapets high above. The fortress seemed impenetrable. I have not come this far, only to be stopped by a wall of stone. We must find a way inside this blasted castle. Perhaps I can be of some small assistance, your royal wickedness, intoned Evelyn in her raspy, bird-like voice. I, too, have many powers. Watch as I demonstrate my amazing her bird-like eyes grew wild with excitement. She closed the cape over her head and grumbled a strange, unintelligible chant. A pale green mist began to form about her. Soon, she was glowing with a putrid light. A foul odor filled the air. When the fetid smoke cleared, Evelyn was gone. In her place, scratching at the ground, was a hideous vulture. It was Screech, the alter ego of Evelyn. The filthy bird had a plan. She would fly up to the top of the castle and see if she could gain entrance through one of the eye socket windows. With a dreadful screeching sound, the repulsive bird flapped its feathered wings and lurched skyward. Look, Battle Cat! Do you see what I see? There, by the castle tower! That ugly black bird is circling the parapet, trying to get inside. By the power of Zodak, 
I'm sure that is Evelyn, a companion of Skeletor. We must hurry. I just hope we are not too late to save the castle from this foul intruder. E-Man and Battle Cat charged onward through the tall bushes. The giant cat leaped high in the air, covering enormous distances with a single bound. Soon, E-Man and Battle Cat arrived at a clearing right outside the castle. Unholy heathens! How dare you try and enter Castle Greyskull! Skeletor! You bony coward! Prepare to fight! Well, well... If it isn't He-Man, the pure and puny, we have been expecting you, haven't we, my friends? How I have looked forward to this day. Finally, a chance to put your fabled strength to the test. You may be strong, He-Man, but you will find you are no match for the great Skeletor. You will perish. Just as sure as daylight is devoured by the night, time and time again. You are eloquent, my fiendish enemy, but you fail to understand the true nature of the universe. While it is true that nighttime devours the day, it is doubly true that every morning the sun returns to frighten away the cowardly darkness. Just like the darkness of midnight, you are doomed by time and fate, Skeletor. Darkness has no power here. Be gone! <laughs> we shall soon see who has the power in the universe. Enough talking. I grow impatient with your idle words. It is time to fight. I would prefer not to engage in violence. But I see now that it is the only language you understand. So, we will fight! By the power of Castle Greyskull! Skeletor jumped up onto the mighty back of Panthor and drew his sharp sword. To battle, Panthor! The enemy is upon us! Attack! Attack! Battlecat roared into action. He reared up on his hind legs and let out a terrifying growl as the two arch-enemies charged across the stony ground toward conflict. He-Man had drawn the Sword of Power and it gleamed in the dazzling sunlight. Soon, they were upon each other in battle. The clash and clatter of sword against sword rang out across the battlefield. Cyclops and Beastman stood by and watched in awe as the two giants fought furiously. Suddenly, down from the sky flew Screech. The savage vulture caught He-Man by surprise and in an instant knocked the sword of power from his hand. In a split second, He-Man was struck with a bolt of energy from the sword of Skeletor and he crashed to the ground in a cloud of dust. So, light always triumphs over darkness, does it? We shall soon see about that. You are defeated, He-Man. You are powerless without that sword. He-Man lay on the ground, stunned and silent. Could this really be happening? Could he actually lose the battle to Skeletor? Then he heard the sound, softly at first, like a ringing in his ears. 
whispering voices. But what were they saying? The Vortex. 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 Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, commend it. Hi, this is Larry Kennedy, the voice of Lionel in the original Thundercats, and you're listening to The Five Count. On the verge of unconsciousness, He-Man strained to understand the voices. The Vortex. The Time Vortex. Right beside the castle. It is there. Believe us. Believe us. You must trip the skeleton into the vortex. It is your only chance. The vortex. The vortex. He-Man staggered to his feet. He understood now. All across Eternia, there are time vortexes. Mostly they are concentrated in the sands of time desert. But here and there, all over the planet, there are these strange vacuums of empty space. Like tunnels through time, they lead back far into Eternia's history. Anyone who stumbles into one of these holes in time will tumble backward for endless centuries. He-Man knew now what he must do. Still reeling, he shouted to Skeletor. I am down, but I am not defeated. If you want me, you will have to catch me. With pleasure, He-Man. I love the hunt as much as the kill. Come, my friends, join me on Panthor. Chase the cowardly He-Man for sport. What fun! <laughs> Beastman, Triclops, and the vulture Evelyn boarded Panthor, and the monstrous cat charged after He-Man. He-Man darted back and forth, leaping high under rocks and behind thick bushes. He was amazingly agile of foot, and soon Panthor was dizzy from the constant turning and spinning. Again, He-Man heard the voices. He-Man staggered toward the spot where the vortex swirled invisibly. 
once he was sure of the exact location, he stood a few feet in front of it and shouted tauntingly to Skeletor. All right, you bag of bones. I'm tired of playing with you. I will tear you limb from limb with my bare hands. I await you. Come to me, you coward. The threat infuriated Skeletor. He dug his heels deep into the flanks of Panthor, and with all his helpers, he charged angrily toward He-Man. You die, you fool. You die! He-Man stood his ground courageously. Behind him, he could feel the time vortex swirling into infinity. One false move, and he would tumble backward into the past, and Skeletor would conquer all of Eternia. The mammoth black cat was almost upon him now. He could see the wild glow in Skeletor's eyes. Then, as quickly as a fox, he jumped to one side. Skeletor and his minions were unable to stop or turn. They crashed and burst into the vortex. By all the devils, what is happening? E-Man looked on in wonder as right before his eyes, Skeletor, Panthor, Evelyn, Triclops, and Beastman began to sparkle in the sunlight. They had fallen into the time vortex. Every molecule of their bodies was spinning madly off course and flickering on and off like a firefly. They were growing invisible. Help us! Help us, please! Don't let us die! You will not die, Skeletor. You have been trapped in a time vortex. It will carry you far away from here to another time far in the past. Perhaps, for a while, we here on Eternia will be safe from your tyranny. Farewell, Skeletor! Farewell! You may have tricked me this time, but be warned! You have not seen the last of me. I will find my way out of this time trap and return to challenge you again, He-Man. Of that, you may be sure. You have not seen the last of Skeletor. I will have revenge. Revenge! Revenge! The voice of Skeletor faded away to nothing, and then he was gone, lost in the swirling infinity of time. But He-Man knew better than to count his enemy out. If anyone could find his way back from the depths of history, it was the evil Skeletor. And if it wasn't Skeletor, it would be yet another foe. For there is always some selfish soul ready to take up the low road of tyranny. E-Man knew at that moment that the battle would never be truly over. In his heart, he knew that he would struggle all his life against the cowards and bullies who mistake gentleness and concern for weakness and fear. But if there were battles to be fought, he could think of no better cause. It was as old as time itself. All across the infinite universe, thousands of brave men and women were carrying on the struggle against tyranny. He was but one lone soldier in an army of heroes. Together, they were truly masters. Master. Master. Master.
of the universe. just seen, Skeletor went back into the past to make evil things happen. In reality, no one can go back into the past. That's only make-believe. But we can try to learn from the past, from things that have happened to us, and try to apply them toward being better people today. Remember, it's today that counts. So make it the best day possible. Until next time, this is He-Man wishing you good health and good luck. We're back. Oh, yeah. Tons on eBay buying He-Man toys. Well, I just saw this vintage Skull, and it's like I had to just, you know, check it out. Maybe put it in bed. I don't know. Ton is the master of the universe. <laughs> yes. It's the 40th anniversary of He-Man, the cartoon that you all love. And you thought to yourself, man, I wish there was some sort of radio show possibly even two hours worth, that could celebrate this momentous occasion. And here it is. Here we are. Here's your chance. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Man. It's been a great show, Ton, but now it's over. Is it really fully over? Well, pretty much. Wow. Can't be here all night. Well, we can live it on in our hearts. We can always celebrate... The 50th anniversary. Yeah, or we the can. 41st. 
And if you uh, join us on Patreon, you can continue to celebrate He-Man by listening to uh, to the other books that I've read, the other audiobooks I've assembled. Yeah, they'll all be up there. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Ton, you know what else is on there? Early access to every show. You could listen to this show on a Thursday, like Thursday morning instead of a Saturday night. That's awesome. Think of how much time you could save. Tons. Lots of bonus content. Go to bed early. We've got like uh, all sorts of stuff that you weren't supposed to hear before, but they're up there like secret recordings. Yes. Five Count at the Movies is going to be up there. It's pretty incredible. Next week, there's going to be a new one. All the old classic episodes from like the early aughts. That stuff is real good. It's subjective, but I think it's really good. It's pretty good. Ton, did you also know that we had an exclusive interview with uh, Michael Jira, the guy who founded the Swans? Remember that band, Swans? Yeah, man. They've been around for 40 years, too. I had no Just idea. Just like He-Man. Man. That's on thefivecount.com and all of your favorite podcasting apparati. So check that out. That's awesome. We also have new episodes of the Five Count Co-op on our YouTube channel. You should go there and subscribe. It's free, you jerk. We don't do a lot of cooperative play, but there is us playing a lot of vintage video games and having a really good time. We're truly the best of buddies. Especially on that show. I'm like the cringer to tons, Prince Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that's it. Happy birthday, He-Man. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. See you next time. Bye-bye. The time is now. The time is now for Reagan. Reagan for president. Here comes-